Check. Recording on this thing. Check one, two. Oh, yeah. Sound effects. <laughs> Welcome back to Living That Life podcast. You travel people out there. And I have an interesting guest today on the line. She is Caroline Maley, and she is a guest experience consultant, a travel writer and Mediterranean soul. She's in Montenegro right now, and I have her live on Zoom. She's going to talk about um, her experience traveling the world with Cirque du Soleil, uh, you know, now being a digital nomad, and why she's based in Montenegro, which, um, to be honest, I didn't really know if that was, where that was uh, until recently, but she's actually very near me in Croatia. Um, we're going to talk about that. So basically, she's a guest experience consultant. So like hotels and hospitality industry, she's a, will help improve their guest experience, whether that's in the hotel or on the website or a check-in uh, um, process. So in the travel industry, a very interesting person. We connected uh, because she found my podcast and then boom, hey, travel bloggers uh, unite. So here we are. So Caroline, how you doing? Hello, I'm doing really good, Hello. really good. Hi, Riley. <laughs> good. Let's jump in. So uh, like you were doing uh, right before we started recording, um, tell people a little bit more about, uh, yeah, what you do. For sure. I am a guest experience consultant. So what I do is I work with businesses and brands, predominantly in the travel, events, hospitality industries, which of course are very interesting industries to be a part of right now during coronavirus. And I help them improve the experiences that they offer their guests. So this could be really face-to-face, -face, like, for example, in a hotel the minute they arrive. This could be digitally. So how to improve the content, uh, make sure it's really captivating, alluring. Or if companies, businesses, they have events that they actually want to create, you know, and that's they're really interesting conversations as we're in coronavirus, social distancing lockdowns border closures it's really interesting to discuss these kind of things with brands as they look forward to the next year 2021 um, so yeah that's currently what I'm doing it's a new venture the last six months or so so I've taken everything I've learned over the last 10-15 years in the industry and now I'm consulting full-time and a digital nomad just like yourself nice and uh, yeah if you're not watching I, I on video, I was showing her website. It's uh, caromeli.com, C-A-R-O-M-E-L-I. Link in description and all that good stuff. You can check it out. Really cool website. Um, so cool. So um, let's, uh, I guess, take it back. You have a very interesting story. Um, you were traveling the world with Cirque du Soleil. Um, is that where your journey began? Like, How did your whole journey be uh, begin to uh, get to this point, I guess? Well, starting with the, the travel mindset, traveling has been a part of my life ever since I was a child. I'm actually, I'm basically like, yeah. I, I feel like I'm the world, the world in, in a person. I was born in New Zealand. I was raised in Australia. My father's French. I have a Spanish grandmother. My last name's Maltese. It's like just this big hot mess of different cultures and countries. And we were traveling very, very early on as a family. So travel is always been a part of my life and I knew that no matter what as I was progressing through life that I would always be very nomadic whatever however that came about however that showed up and so I went to university I have a degree in health science it, I didn't do it traditionally it took me a very long time I left and came back a bunch you know three times I think um, and then I actually found Cirque du Soleil. I was a gymnast growing up, so I was very well aware of this incredible company, the incredible shows that they put on. And I started working with them in Brisbane, which is where I grew up. And, and I was just working kind of behind the bar at one of their shows. And that was my entry in. I did a really good job there, made some amazing connections. And then a year or two later, when the next show came back, I applied for a job with them and I got a job with them running their hospitality, running their bars. And so it's a really interesting concept Cirque du Soleil because every city that we go to, we hire about a hundred local staff to work for us. And this becomes very important when we're changing country, countries very quickly. So for example, if we're doing a North American tour, an Australian 
into a, you're in the same place for a very long time and you have the same language. However, when you are actually in, say, Europe, for example, when you're in Asia, you're constantly changing languages every six weeks. So it's very important that the staff that have the most interaction with the guests, at, they actually speak the language of the guests. And that's why we hire locals in each place we go to. Also, obviously, a way to... Uh, to give back to the local community and boost the industry there. And so that's how I started. And 10 years later, I've, I've worked in about 17 different countries, over 50 cities with Cirque du Soleil on a number of different shows. And I really, my expertise towards the end and where I really found my niche was in running the VIP, VIP events that they do and the VIP experiences. So that kind of gave me a little taste that got me really excited about how you can transform an experience and take something that is, uh, for example, Cirque du Soleil, a show that already exists, but how can you make everything around the show as incredible as the show? That's always the big challenge when you're looking at events and experiences as well, no matter kind of what industry it's in, right? So that's how, yeah, that's my Cirque du Soleil story, yeah, from the beginning. Nice, nice, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, of course, been to it a couple times, love it always freaking amazing um okay so how did you um what's the next chapter how did you get into um you know so you went from there to from doing that primarily to basically starting your own business um uh, you know so how did you make that transition transition one thing that i always knew that i was good at and one thing that i loved was the world of events and the world of experiences and the world of creating impact in a moment. You know, when you think of no matter what kind of show you go to, or maybe you're on a retreat or maybe you're traveling for the first time in your life, the impact that that leaves on you, the impact that that creates is huge. And I, I knew that I always wanted to be a part of that industry and I wanted to be a part of those moments. So from creating my own experience, experiences around the work that I was doing I was like ha this is it this is where I need to be and I feel like I have so much expertise but also a very different point of view because I am a full-time traveler you know like yourself you're constantly the guest I'm constantly the guest in these situations so when I go to stay in an Airbnb when I go to do I recently was in Athens and I collaborated with a, a company that do food tours of, of Athens and you know I was the guest on that experience you know I'm the guest on the airplane and so when you have that experience constantly you're able to really pick up on things that potentially could be done better and I always say to myself this experience could be done better if and then I try to answer that question myself. And so having those two, two aspects, so I have the, the, the business aspect, actually working with these brands one-on-one, -on -one, but at the same time, I'm also the guest. For example, I was recently in Greece. I spent a couple of weeks in Greece during this um, lockdown period. And I actually sat down with my Airbnb host and was like, hey, okay, amazing. Here's a couple of things that I think you could do that could just elevate your experience to a whole nother level. And I'm not talking about like expensive things. I'm not talking about going and buying things. I'm talking about little tiny details that create these micro moments that actually have an incredible impact. And so all of this together, this is why I'm like, this is my jam. This is what I need to be doing. Like, this is where I need to be adding value to this world and helping all of these businesses, whether they're just starting out or whether they are incredibly well-established companies like Cirque du Soleil, for example. So I love that really large spectrum of, hey, I'm going to help this little Airbnb, you know, that I spent 30 euros a night at, or I'm going to collaborate with Cirque du Soleil, for example. So it's very, that, that's how, that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I, I mean, I'm sure you can hear from my voice that I can talk about it all day and I absolutely love talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a match made in heaven. You've, you've been a guest so many times and you've been in this events thing um so yeah it was just the logical progression to start your own uh, business you know because you're an expert in that um same thing same thing with me like i would you know even with e-commerce and amazon selling you know had my own you know amazon selling business and then eventually just by natural progression uh became uh and i'm an amazon expert and now i'm like a coach and a consultant in in that area um so 
And all you guys should be doing the same thing. This is classic in this gig economy. If you have an expertise, something in demand, and especially if you like doing that, never been an easier or better time to start your own business. Start your website, you know, get your LinkedIn and, and all your profiles, uh, you know, going, get your reviews going, uh, all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, you've done it. Um, what tips can you share for um, other aspiring entrepreneurs, people who want to build a personal brand or, you know, like an agency or consultancy or whatever? Uh, yeah, what, what tips uh, have you learned that you can share? The first thing for me is having a really strong personal brand online. I mean, as digital nomads, as the world, I mean, for example, for me, you know, I, the people that I work with are global. Yes, I'm focused on Mediterranean businesses. That is the place that I love. That is where I'm passionate about. That's where my heart is. And that's the businesses that I want to help build and grow. But at the same time, like, for example, my, I have hired someone to help me with my blogs, who's, uh, who's an award-winning blogger. She's in Colombia. My business coach, he's in LA. You know, I'm working with people all over the world. And I think that's like you said, there's no better time to be able to do this and to be able to leverage your skill and other people's skills to actually create something for yourself. So that's what I've been doing. And, and for me, it's really important to have a very strong personal brand. So online, I mean, creating a website is honestly ridiculously easy. You know, I use Squarespace. It's, it's even if you don't know anything about computers, it's, it's so easy and cheap to be able to do that. And then like you mentioned, LinkedIn, having these really strong platforms where your personal brand is actually the same across all the different platforms. So if they go onto your Instagram, if someone goes onto your Instagram, if someone goes onto your website, if someone goes onto your LinkedIn, if you have a YouTube channel, that across all the platforms, people can go, oh, okay, I get that person. I get her. I can see what her brand is about. I can see the style. I can see how she is showing up for her audience and her potential clients the same on all these different platforms. So for me, having that really strong personal brand online, that's the first step, especially if you're working digitally, you know, and you're not necessarily going door to door and going to businesses face to face. So that would be my biggest tip in terms of starting that personal brand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get your, get your pro, get your website, get your, get all your profiles, get your branding, uh, you know, aligned with all that stuff, you know, consult a branding expert. And I'm, I'm guessing you're probably pretty good at that, you know, yourself, um, with, you know, color palettes and, uh, you know, font schemes and all that. We actually just had a, a, a branding consultant and help me out with uh, one of my brands with that. You could get that all aligned uh, sooner than later. Um, and all that good stuff. But yeah, obviously a website is great. Um, so, um, so that's, that's good. Get all your profiles, you know, looking, looking real nice. So you, you can be found. Um, how do you get found marketing, um, getting yourself out there, um, networking, maybe, uh, what are tips you can share along those lines? Yeah, this is something that I am experiencing on a day-to-day -day basis right now. I, like you mentioned, I'm in Montenegro and it is funny that you, that you said that you didn't know where, you know, you had to kind of look it up and it turns out we're literally two hour drive from each other across the border. Yeah, it's so like, yeah, so unknown. Yeah, so small. It's so true. When I tell people generally, they, they kind of nod along like, yeah, I think I know where that is. And then I bet straight after they go on a map and check it out, which is exactly what I did. My sister actually had an opportunity to work here. She is an incredible chef. And so that's the first time I came here. And then during all of this coronavirus um, pandemic, I decided that this was a really good place to be right now. And so for me, one thing, because I'm constantly moving around, I am always looking for opportunities for where I actually am. And what's really interesting about that is no matter what part of the world you're in, you know, I'm in the Mediterranean, I'm in Europe, there is something that connects all of the countries that are under that Mediterranean umbrella. But every country has its own reality. And say, for example, I can find my, I find my value shows up in different ways in different countries. So for example, if I'm working with English speakers, English is the first language that all of their branding and marketing is English. Their main clientele comes from English speaking places. My value is not necessarily going to be helping them create online content, helping them make sure that their, that their text sounds amazing, that to attract people. 
because we speak the same language. However, that skill becomes incredibly valuable in a place like Greece, where I actually spend a lot of time, you know, where people are creating websites, businesses are creating websites where English is not the first language. And I kind of go on these websites and just go, oh my gosh, who wrote this? And so I have a lot of value there. So one thing that I, and this is a huge tip for me, for things that I've learned is really wherever you are, looking at where your value can show up best in that place. And for example, mm. here in Montenegro, Montenegro is a very, very interesting place. And you'll have to tell me if you give me, if, if Croatia gives you that same vibe, but I have this feeling of, you know, there is a lot of luxury here. There's a lot of five star, there's a lot of money here, but at the same time, there's so much about this place that feels very archaic. And so there's this really interesting mix between those two different standards. And that's where I find where I'm able to kind of slot in because I have an expertise that is not necessarily well known here. It's not something that's potentially focused on. So mm -hmm. no matter where I'm going, I'm paying attention. I'm looking, when I'm in a cafe, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the menu. Is it absolutely shocking in English? You know, is that somewhere that I could potentially add value? You know, somewhere else like maybe i've gone into a hotel to maybe there's a co-working space you know in linked to a hotel which often happens in europe a lot you know is the experience could the experience be better for the people that are coming in maybe that's a conversation that i could have there am i going on look online looking at a whole bunch of different websites different companies you know in the peak of the season which summer right now in europe in the mediterranean that's the season right now with or without coronavirus you know there are still people traveling you know is this a perfect time for me to potentially approach these these companies and say hey would you like any help with this so for me that's where i really find a lot of traction that's where i find momentum and that's where i feel like i can add value it's really looking at okay where am i where are the gaps? Where are my, where can my skills fit in in this culture? Because it's going to be different everywhere you go. You know, I'm sure Croatia versus Thailand, for example, you're in two completely different realities with incredibly different, most likely expertise, right? So that's what, I mean, I don't know if you have that same kind of feeling with what you're doing, but that's, that's definitely something that I focus on a lot. Yeah, it's, it's uh, very unique what you are doing because um, <clears throat> it's uh, somewhat um, uh, physical or location-based, you know, doing something at a location, whereas, you know, uh, other people, they're, we're doing digital marketing, e-commerce, like it's not really based at a, you know, a location, so it's very interesting. And then you've done it in different countries which all have their different cultures and like ways of doing things and of course as a traveler travelers listening they all you know know that um so many little things that are different it's just so interesting which is why people get hooked on the travel thing it's so so interesting um so um um working with businesses b2b uh, what's been your best way um, of like reaching out and like making a pitch or proposal? Is it by email or do you always like walk in there or is it like LinkedIn message or do you do you use Facebook and Instagram DMs um, for, for reaching out? What's, uh, what have you learned and what are tips there? For sure, LinkedIn is a huge platform for this. Uh, I've, particularly here in Montenegro, LinkedIn has been my number one way to get in front of people. Um, you, I feel like you're able to connect in a way that where you can really show your expertise very, very quickly without going on a whole big rant about, you know, how great you are in here or your services. It is very, very obvious based if you have a great LinkedIn profile, which like I mentioned, everybody in this space should have one. That is the way. And, and the great thing about LinkedIn also is that you can really search by parameters. So for example, I'm in Montenegro, I can search, I can add a, a filter of uh, Montenegro, I can go even deeper, I can filter, I can look at a company that I found that I actually really love here. And I'm, I'm looking at the employees that work there and seeing what positions they have, you know, maybe there's a company that I want to work for. And I've gone 
onto their company page on LinkedIn, gone to people, and I can see all the people on LinkedIn that work for that company. So I can find who's the event manager, oh. who's the PR manager, who's the general manager. And then that, I just go all in with that. That is how I connect with people. So LinkedIn, I think, is really huge for that. It's also a very business-oriented business platform. So people are very, very very inclined to connect with you on that business B2B level there because that's what the platform originally started out for, didn't it? So mm-hmm. LinkedIn is huge. Um, on the other hand, Instagram is a really good platform for me because a lot of companies these days, especially if you think Mediterranean, you think Greek Island, you think a yacht cruise, you know, you think these kind of things, they are all very visual brands. So these are brands that really rely on their visual representation on, for example, Instagram, which is one of or the most visual platform. And so that's where they hang out. And so I'm connecting with them through Instagram. So that's that's kind of my strategy. I'm like, do I want to connect with just the business as a whole? And maybe they're a small business and, and their main platform is Instagram. Cool, I'm going to go there. Or do I really actually want to connect with a specific role in a company or a person in a company? Then I'm going to use LinkedIn for that. So it takes a lot of time. You, I mean, you really have to do a lot of research for yourself, but that is that is where I, that is where I start. And, and if you are somewhere, if you are a a person, a consultant, a freelance, that kind of thing, where you actually do want to make those connections in the place that you're at, really that B2B style, then actually the first thing I did when I got here is I wrote down a list of about 50 companies that I could find that I thought were kind of cool and that, you know, maybe like they might want to collaborate or companies where I went on their website and I'm like, this is the worst website I've ever seen in my life and I know that I can help add value in that way. So I started with that list and then boom, okay, I have the company. Now I'm going onto LinkedIn and I'm searching that company like I mentioned before and finding the people that I think that I have the most to connect with and that I can bring the most value to. And then another really thing about, a important thing about connecting with these people is offering value, right? You know, even when I connected with you, I was like, hey, this is the value that I can offer your listeners. And it's the same for when you're reaching out B2B. Like someone isn't necessarily going to reply to you if you're just like, hey, this is me, cool, let's connect. But if you're like, these are the things I can do for your business. This is how, for me, how I can improve the experience of your guest. Yeah. And I can do this in a number of different ways. So they would be my biggest tips for for connecting and which platforms to you. Based on there's no there's no right way for everyone. You have to find where where in your niche people are hanging out the most, and that's how you're yeah. going to connect the best way. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a great one. And um, even be like when you reach out, be specific about their business. Like, hey, I noticed on your website this 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 should be this. Just a little tip, um, I recommend this. And also over here, I'd recommend this too. Just a little tip. Thanks. And then they'll be like, oh. So that right there for any business, that's called, you know, yeah, adding the value add, val- adding value, 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 or, you know, the jab, 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 right hook, as, as Gary Vee says, um, add that value up front, you know, help them. And then, uh, you know, oftentimes they're going to want to want more help. Um, thing is you don't know who people know right so for example if I go here and I go to a little cafe and I like you said I go on their website and I'm like hey you know this hyperlink doesn't work maybe change that you know this doesn't open in a new window these tiny little things you're you're adding value immediately and maybe they don't necessarily need your service or maybe they can't afford your service service or maybe they're not in that mindset but somebody then maybe the next day they have a conversation with a fellow partner or somebody else that is local that are like hey i'm looking for someone to help me do this and they're like boom this girl came in the cafe yesterday she helped us with this so i think there is a lot of power in that especially if you are physically going out and you're not a hundred percent on your laptop but you are going out and interacting with the local community and the local businesses you just, you have no idea about who people know. And so really showing up in the same way you show up through your personal brand online, showing up in the exact same way face-to-face, there's so much power in that. You probably won't know the potential of it until something does actually pop and something actually happens. But that is another way that there is, there's just incredible value in, in like you said, having that really immediate, tiny um, added value so they can see 
see straight away like, oh, wow, she actually took time to go on our website and actually took time to, to, to help us without even, we didn't even ask for it, but, but she did it. Oh, this girl's really cool. Like maybe I'm going to just keep her in my network. So, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It's, it's always nice to connect with the community like us digital nomads, like sometimes, you know, we're, we're doing our business, but it's completely remotely. Sometimes I wish like, oh, man, I wish I could like actually, you know, you know, connect with the community more. And, and especially since ever since Corona hit, um, you know, the, the Internet is still working. But I always think in the back of my mind, like, what if something happened to the Internet, like a solar flare or something and everything went down? Like, what would I do as a backup business? I guess I would have to start doing business in the community where I'm in. Right. You know, like and, it's you know, always There's been. so much learning that can be done by actually making those connections in the community, whether you're, you're, you're on your uh, working 100% on your laptop or not, you know. And one thing that I learned through all of my experiences with Surf to Soleil is something that works in one place is not necessarily going to work in another place, you know. And I'll give the example of, I created an incentive program for my staff in, I don't remember, I think it was Belgium. And I created this. It was amazing. They loved it. They were just like, oh, it was this big competition. There was a prize at the end. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever created. I'm an amazing boss, you know? (laughs) And then six weeks later, we changed countries. And I, I don't remember where we went to after that, but it absolutely tanked. They were like, my staff was like, I want no part of this. Like we don't like competition. We wear one team, you know? And that was a huge slap in the face for me, but it was also an incredible experience to learn, hey, you know, just because it works in one place, especially culturally, doesn't mean it's going to work in another place. So when you're, when you're in that digital, when you're very nomadic, it's, that's a very interesting thing to go through. And even day-to-day things, you know, one thing might be amazing in one place and then you get to the next place and it's just, it's, it's not even a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of things that I learned through chopping and changing cultures every six weeks and actually working not only with the local staff that I had, but with the guests, you know, guests respond, you know, Spanish guests are definitely not the same as Australian guests, American guests. They're all completely different. And it's really about being hyper aware paying attention and really seeing, ah, okay, okay, this is how it's done here. And really respecting that culture where you are and adapting in a way that is not going to affect your personal brand. So your personal brand is still going to be very, very high, very high quality. But at the same time, showing that you do have that empathetic empathetic nature to the approach to your business. So I think there's a lot of value in actually going to different places and and immersing yourself in the culture whether you're doing it through business or not i feel like there's so much learning and i mean all of your guests are, all of your listeners are travelers for the most part so i'm sure everyone's like nodding along like yeah 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 we get this but it, there's so many lessons that you can actually then bring into your business if you really pay attention and that's something that i'm constantly doing yeah nice um <clears throat> well a- actually most of the listeners are aspiring travelers so this is this is uh you know food food for thought um so um cool so any any more tips that you want to share um you know building personal brand wise um before uh i want to move into uh, asking you a little bit about uh, montenegro any other uh, grand marketing uh, or business tips I do think it's really important to be very clear on what you offer. And this is something that I am currently going through now with my business coach um, where really, you know, he he constantly will be in a conversation and he'll be like, what do you do? Like on the spot. And I'll have to answer really quickly like, and it's that typical, it's that typical situation where you stand in front of the mirror and you say it over and over again until you're 100% confident with it. And, you know, the biggest challenge that I have right now is my industry is one of the industries that is, has the, was one of the industries most affected by coronavirus. So, you know, travel companies, small travel businesses, as if they're like, they have the budget to hire me right now, they're not even, they're, they're barely staying afloat. So it's very interesting for me to navigate this time and say, okay, maybe if this is not the business that potentially needs my, my help right now, where else can I, where are some other little pockets where I can add value and I can work with companies that potentially want to work with me. And the biggest thing that I've learned is just being very confident with what I offer. And if that, even if that continually changes, if you can stand in front of someone and in, you know, it's that typical elevator pitch, right? If in 30 seconds, 20 seconds, you can be like, this is what I do. This is how I can help you. 
your personal brand has shot up a crazy amount compared to you kind of babbling on and like, oh, I don't know, you know, you want them to know exactly where your value is and why they would hire you. And that takes time. It's not easy at all. I'm going through that right now as I'm pivoting a little bit. And it's really, it's not, it's not a piece of cake. You really have to work at it. And so I think that is, that's a huge thing, you know, no matter what you're doing is just being able to just be confident with, you know, that scene in Cool Runnings, how you'll take a junior to the mirror and he, and he like makes him stand there and say this affirmation over and over again. I think it's like, I see pride, I see power. And it's that typical thing, like, can you stand in front of the mirror and say incredibly confidently who you are and what you do? Yep, totally agree. Yep, if, uh, you know, fake it till you make it. I, I, I like that phrase, um, you know, <clears throat> also goes in with, you know, law of attraction. If you, you think something, you say something, it eventually becomes, uh, you know, reality. Um, so cool. And obviously, guys, if you're not watching the YouTube, check out her um, website, the work with me section. This is like... Boom, I turn average experiences into great experiences. One, two, three. Um, and it's just like makes it very clear, you know, who it says you are, I am. It's like, let's work together. Here's what you, your situation is. Here's exactly what I can offer. And then boom, book a 30-minute uh, call with me. So her website is actually very dialed in. Um, and then, so great job on this. And then in addition, you have a course, which is, Everyone should do this, you know, when you have the time. Um, what are your tips about this course? Is this something new? Is this, does this make you a lot of money or is it kind of a side thing? Is this like instrumental? What's been your uh, tips and experiences with uh, starting uh, a course? And this is for, you know, businesses who want to improve their guest experience. So digital product and I love yeah. it. Yeah, so this is my first digital product. And this is a, this is a really easy way for a business who potentially doesn't have the budget right now. You know, like right. I mentioned before, based in the med, businesses are struggling right now. To, this is the biggest season and the tourists are just unfortunately not there as much as they would be usually. So this is, this is the entry-level product into my experience, into how you can work with me. And this is really about how you can break down the experience that you offer into the different stages that a guest would experience in. Sometimes we think about if, if, if you're in the field of creating experiences um, or offering something to a group of people, to a guest, sometimes you only are focused on the experience itself. And all these other little elements throughout their journey, the guest journey, actually get forgotten about. And this is where I come in. So this is really about, hey, let's break it down. There's six stages. You know, that dream state is the first stage. So the website, you know, if somebody goes onto your website, are they just like, whoa, okay, this is amazing. They're reading the text. They're imagining themselves there. That's the first stage. If you have a terrible website or if your website is very poorly translated into whatever language is your, your predominant language, you're going to lose people immediately. So that is the first stage. And then the rest of the stages go through, okay, the preparation. How are you actually connecting with that guest? How are you bringing them into your business, your community? And how are you getting them to fall in love with your brand before they even come? Like they haven't even, they haven't even had the experience with you yet, but they love you already. That is mm -hmm. the biggest challenge, I think, but that is where the most power is. And then going all the way, the arrival, when they arrive, how can you surprise and delight them, you know, the experience itself. And then obviously the tail end of that, when they're leaving, the connection, you know, how are you actually staying connected with them? So not only are they spreading word of mouth about you as a brand and as an experience, but they're rebooking with you. They're giving you amazing reviews. And so that is what this experience is all about. It's 21 days. Every couple of days, we focus on a different module one of the different stages of the guest journey throughout your brand throughout your experience and it's really an opportunity to dive deep to really look at your experience and go huh okay that bit's really great i really need to work on all oh, the arrival i think i can really add some extra flair here all oh, my website maybe i'm going to get some other people to have a look at it and see where i can improve it so that is that is what the course is uh 21 days breaking that down and i think i haven't i created it because I constantly do that personally, but I also think it is such an easy way to create so much improvement, success, impact within your experience, but it's 
it's not often done. And this is a perfect time when things are maybe a little bit slow to actually take the time to do this. Just 21 days, three weeks, nothing, you know. Yeah. So that is what the course is all about. And that is the entry level way to, to work with me. So if you have a super small budget, that is how you're going to do it, you know. Then that, yeah. that goes all the way up to work with, working with me one-on-one, you know. And that's a very much more of a partnership, a tailored experience a longer period of time, a couple of months you're looking at. So yeah, that's, that's the digital project in a nutshell. Take notes guys. This is great. You know, you have a high ticket offer up here. This is, you know, your core thing, but you know, for the high ticket offers, you you might want, you know, a a little low ticket offer here that they can just nibble on. They're going to get tons of value. And then if they want more, boom, then they move up. This is uh, classic marketing and um, yeah, done to a T. So take note, guys, and it totally makes sense. Um, and I think know, one of uh, the most important things mm-hmm. is is over-delivering. So no matter yeah. what, no matter how much, you know, whether they've spent 55 euros with me for my course or they've spent a couple of grand, it doesn't matter to me. The value that I'm giving them is the same. And my goal is to constantly over-deliver, you know. I want to give the best experience. I talk about experiences all day long. That that is my brand. And I personally want to give the best experience I can to my clients just through providing so much value. I don't care if they spend 55 euros with me. I don't care if I have a huge contract. To me, it's the same. And I think sometimes that mentality is not necessarily followed through with. And people kind of drop the ball a little bit when the, the client is spending a lot less. So that's something to think about for people that are actually building that value ladder. And Build it, but at the same time, make sure that you are 100% wholeheartedly committed to over-delivering and providing that incredible experience, even, yeah. if, even if it's the free PDF that you give them on your website, you know, doesn't matter. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you: Have you had you experience with just doing a free ebook before about guest experience? And then, what was your final decision to move over to the course? And why did you choose the the fifty five bucks um, over? You know, I don't know, uh, ten bucks or or a hundred or five hundred or something. Yeah, and it's something that I'm constantly testing out, right? Like I said, my my industry is extremely volatile right now. You know, there's no consistency whatsoever, and so. For example, the, the um, PDF that I have right now that I created is how to get your guests to leave you five-star reviews every time they come on an experience with you. That's good. And the reason I created that actually, and this is a really good tip for, for your audience, is I created a survey, a guest experience survey that I sent out to 50 different travel and tourism brands around the world. I just put, honestly, I just put it out on Facebook. And I got them, I asked them 10 questions and I actually turned that uh, questionnaire into a toolkit. So now I have a toolkit based on, based on tw- uh, 50 different brands around the world. And that is, my, that is a toolkit that I use when I'm connecting with people and I'm saying, hey, I've got this toolkit, super relevant. It was literally done a month ago during coronavirus. And this is about how the experience of the guest is changed during this period of time. Would you like it? And based on that, based on the feedback from that, all of the answers, I was like, oh, okay, one really interesting thing about this, the area that I see that I can potentially add some value is the reviews. There's not much comment about reviews. People are struggling to get reviews, you know, and that's why I've actually worked with a couple of businesses in Greece to help with that, like, let's go on this experience to show guests that, hey, this does still exist right now. We are being super safe and the, incre- the experience is absolutely incredible. So that's why I created the reviews PDF because I was like, this is something that it seems to be that people are struggling with. So let me add value there. And that mm-hmm. is my way, that is my lead in. And, you know, that will constantly change based on the conversations that I'm having. Maybe there's something that's specific to Montenegro. I don't know yet because I just got here. But, but this always goes back to, like I've said uh, numerous times, is being hyper aware of the people that you're working with and find a way to actually ask them a bunch of questions without asking them a bunch of questions, you know. For me, that questionnaire was, I'm turning this questionnaire into a toolkit for you, for other businesses. Boom, that's how, that's how I connected with these brands. And they were like, oh, wow, this is incredibly helpful for me right now. Yeah, yeah. Take notes, guys surveys quizzes 
uh, questionnaires are so, so money, especially when you're trying to figure out the biggest pain points of your target audience. Boom, she did it to the T, take notes, do the exact same thing. But Guys, you have to do it something a, with uh, it that's gonna add them value. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't so, just say, oh, like I'm doing a yeah. questionnaire. It has to actually be like, I'm doing this, but I'm turning it into, for me, a toolkit to help you to see what other businesses are doing because everybody's struggling in the same ways, especially here in the Mediterranean. So how can you get a little bit of hope, inspiration, encouragement from other businesses in your industry and how they're struggling right now? So just, just the biggest tip there is like don't do this, don't do this kind of strategy if you're not going to follow through and actually create the value for them there, you know, because that mm-hmm. is where you're going to build your brand loyalty as a personal brand. I see. So how did you uh, frame, did, are you saying you framed the questionnaire about, hey guys, I want to put together a, a toolkit for you guys to help you during these times? And then, and then how did you promote the questionnaire? Did you just post it on your socials like Facebook and stuff? Or did you like do like ads for it or? Yeah, no, I did it straight through Facebook groups. So I went and found, I'm not huge on Facebook. Like my main platforms are LinkedIn and Instagram and then obviously my website. But um, Facebook groups, I mean, obviously there's, there's a huge market there and, and it's also ex- incredibly specific, right? So I went to Facebook groups that were sustainable travel to small travel businesses, to travel agents, to uh, events and exp- like retreats, that kind of thing. And that's how I, I found, I found these people. And not only that, but after I actually created the toolkit with these brands, then I actually put another post saying, Hey everyone created this amazing toolkit based on all of the feedback that I got from 50 different brands around the world. If you would like the toolkit here, uh, just give me your email and I'll send it to you. Now they're in my email list, you know, and I've given them something super valuable, not just a bunch of annoying emails. So that, that is like a very interesting strategy about how you can do it. And again, it's, it's adding value. It's over delivering like straight away before you even, before you even have a conversation with them, it's like bringing them value, but value that's incredibly specific to their needs. And that's the biggest challenge, right? Is actually finding, like you said, finding those pain points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And, um, yeah, Facebook groups, huge tip there, guys. Uh, if you don't already know, Facebook groups are huge for any business. Um, and um, yeah, when you're creating surveys and polls, like, hey guys, I, I wanna you know, figure out your pain points to help. There's, um, there's even surveys and poll uh, softwares where after they put their email in at the end, they can be at, like tagged based on what they said and deliver even like more specific like value to them. There's like the automation nowadays is, is just great. Um, and yeah, you don't have yeah. to do anything crazy, you know, like for me, uh, you know, mail, my website is based on Squarespace. My email, my email automated system is based on MailChimp. I created the survey through SurveyMonkey. All of those things are either free or really, really inexpe- inexpensive. And they're incredibly intuitive and very user-friendly. So, you know, yeah, I went and watched a bunch of YouTube videos. Like I asked some people, hey, can you help me do this one thing on MailChimp? I don't know how to do it. But they're incredible ways to like, you know, like I've been saying all along is show that your personal brand is incredibly strong. You know what you're talking about. You have a whole system set up and that you're not just kind of like randomly throwing stuff out, that you're very intentional and very intelligent with every interaction and everything that you're creating. It's really not hard. It's not hard these days to do that. Yeah, I always say it's, it's these tools that we have now and the, this, these web platforms like Facebook groups, for example. It's, I mean, on Instagram, it's the easiest time ever to connect and uh, start your own business. Um, so, wow, you shared so many tips uh, for anyone who wants to start a business um, and even more specifically for someone who wants to start a, a consultancy uh, and or build just build a personal online uh, presence, build a personal brand online. Uh, and even more specifically, someone in the you know events slash uh, location-based uh, hospitality space. So um, I will just say I, I got to remind myself to say this more. If you know someone, uh, a friend or something that would find value in this conversation, because honestly, there's been uh, so much of it. Um, you know, post it on Facebook or you know your Instagram story and tag them, tag some friends. You know, um, get this out there because. 
you know, my audience is not huge. And this is a, uh, you know, a conversation that would value, uh, you know, provide value to a, a specific type of person. Maybe, you know, someone anyway, share this with a friend guys. Um, so, okay, cool. So I want to, uh, we're coming up uh, close to an hour here, about 50 minutes. I want to ask you a little bit about Montenegro where you are now. Uh, why did you choose there? And, uh, yeah, what's the deal with it? Yeah. I mean, and, you know, we mentioned it before that it's very unknown place, you know, and most people have to go on Google Maps straight away and, and check it out. Uh, and the reason that I came here was really because of my sister. Originally, she had an opportunity uh, to, to work here. And I came to visit uh, over New Year's, actually. And I was really intrigued by the place. I really loved it. And then I actually spent all of lockdown in France and it got to the point where I was like okay uh, I need to move on now borders are opening up uh, especially for Europeans and so where do I want to go now and I'm like okay I'm gonna go check out Montenegro it's an untouched place for me you know even though I have traveled extensively all over the world and in particular in the Med this is a place that I you know I, I haven't been to yet. So I came here and again, the instigator really was my sister and, and, and now I'm here and I'm based here. I don't know how long for, you know, we'll see. Nobody knows what is even going to happen tomorrow and the next day with this current climate, yeah. let alone make any kind of plans. But um, it is a really interesting place. Like I mentioned before, just because you just have these really these nuances and these really interesting elements that I, that I never would have expected on one hand, it's, it's very luxury. There's, you know, the, the super yachts, like I can see from even where I'm sitting right now out in the water. And then you have this very, a lot of other things that are extremely archaic. You know, I was mentioning to you before we jumped on this uh, podcast that, you know, they don't really recycle here, which for me is like the craziest thought in 2020 mm -hmm. that a country, tree doesn't have uh, real real recycling and so it's very intriguing and for a business for business opportunities it's incredible because I'm bringing an expertise that potentially hasn't isn't very common here and I'm able to really leverage that so it's actually an amazing place the weather is ridiculous I mean if you're on if you're anywhere on the med right now if you're listening to this then you will have the same experience because the weather yeah I mean you're nearby in Croatia Mm -hmm. And I mean, sun, full sun every day, 30 degrees. If you like the heat, you're going to love it. Um, the beaches are honestly ridiculous. I, I didn't know this place could be that beautiful because you have an incredibly mountainous landscape hitting the hitting the coast straight away so you have like the sea the mountains and if anyone if anyone goes and follows me on instagram you're going to see that because most of my posts have something to do with some incredible site that i've just seen so yeah that's yeah, a really intriguing uh, place yeah uh what uh what city are you in so i'm in budva right now um so the two main cities are podgorica which is the main airport so anyone that would fly to montenegro would most likely fly to Bud and then Tivat uh, and this is Tivat is the Bay of Kotor this is a world heritage site a lot of cruise ships come here it's very it's quite well known in this eastern European side of the world and um, I'm in Budva which is very very close to that so I'm on the coast okay interesting oh I'm so I'm, I'm reading the uh, Budva um, oh I'm, I'm not sharing my screen right now let me go back to share uh, Budva Budva. So this is correct, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm just looking at the letters and it looks like oh I'm completely I know nothing, but it looks like Russian uh letters to me. Um very interesting. It's the language is Montenegrin. Um it's very Serbian based. So if you speak Serbian, if you learn uh Serbian, uh then you're very, very close to to this language. I I mean I I speak a couple of languages, but I definitely don't speak any Eastern European languages. So I'm completely lost here. I think Russian and Montenegrins can understand certain things from each other, but not a hundred percent. Oh, I see. Everything in Eastern Europe looks like that. Okay. I'm stupid. I know, I know nothing. I've never been to Eastern Europe, guys. Sorry. I'm like, oh yeah, it's got that little funny little A. I just know that from Russian. Yeah, the Cyrillic. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, cool. I'm actually learning Greek right now because my ultimate goal is to live in Greece. And uh, it's the first time I'm learning a language with the Cyrillic, uh, with an alphabet that's not the Latin alphabet. And man, it's difficult. It is so difficult, but you know. Yeah. And then Greek is a whole another crazy alphabet. Yeah. For Love sure. It. 
And, and there's also uh, the Spanish call it false friends. It's like when you have a letter that looks like a letter in English, but it's something completely different. Yeah. You know, the letter P in Greek is not P, it's an actual kind of R. So it completely yeah. throws you. It's like, let's make this inc- like the most difficult possible. <laughs> yeah, let's make this secret code. The sense of satisfaction, though, when you are able to read something is crazy. Like the first time oh, yeah. I read a word and I'm like, I could read that. I was like blown away. Yeah. So, I mean, that's another interesting thing about traveling, right? And for all those aspiring travelers that are listening, learning languages gives you such incredible insight into, into other ways of thinking. And I actually think that I have become much better at English because I've learned other languages. So Interesting. Yeah, I, I also love languages, uh, but uh, you know, one day I'll you know hopefully focus more time on that. Uh, so busy building these businesses, you know. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I can only imagine the satisfaction of you know once you uh, start reading another alphabet. And I'm not there yet, but um, you know, hopefully Thai maybe soon. But mm. you know, at the end of the day, I always tell people like, you know, it takes time and effort. That's what it takes to learn a language. There's no shortcut around it. Absolutely. Um, time and effort and brain energy. And it helps if you're in the place where they actually speak that language, then your, yeah. your learning capabilities increase. Like, I don't even know what the stat is, but it's crazy. The amount that you learn in six months, the amount of Spanish that you learn six months in Spain, for example, is not the same as if you're in Australia learning, you know, uh, taking classes every week. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah for sure um cool all right yeah i gotta check out montenegro sometime for sure definitely we are very close we're very very yeah. close <laughs> yeah um yeah we'll, we'll have to see if, you know um if we want to do some traveling around this region what what's open um here in, in croatia uh, kind of uh, indefinitely right now because uh, it's open and uh it's nice it's, it's open to us uh, tourists so that's kind of why we're here um but let's cut it off and go do that video i wanted to talk about croatia and let my update my audience on why i'm here um so yeah to wrap up this uh podcast everyone go follow caroline on you know her website instagram uh, all that good stuff is instagram like probably the best for people to just go follow you yeah, absolutely. Instagram is the best way. Um, I do do uh, weekly newsletters around guest experience. So I share a lot of my experiences with Cirque du Soleil. I give a lot of tips about if you're someone that is thinking about creating an experience or you have an established business about really giving weekly tips about that. So you can get in touch with me and actually, actually you can just jump straight on the website and, um, and be connected to that straight away. But connect with me on Instagram. Like I'd love to hear from you. Uh, like we talked about, I do have a course as well that if that's something that you're interested in, um, mm-hmm. that's super easy to find straight through my platforms as well. And yeah, yeah I'd, love to, I'd love to connect with anyone that's listening, especially even if you're just an aspiring traveler, you know, I, I have yeah. stories for days that I, could, that I could share with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll say again, guys, share this with someone who, you know, anyone who wants to start their own business, who, who, who might, uh, you know, resonate with Caroline and anyone who has an Airbnb or a hotel or a some sort of events, um, have them go take her course like boom, I'm sure they can like improve so much just from um, her little course there. So there we go. Thank you so much, Riley. This has been incredible. What a great yeah. conversation. Yeah, it has been. Um, cool. So that's it for that. Uh, links in the description, guys. And then um, watch also uh, look out in the description for uh, our next interview that we're going to do, which is talking about me living in Croatia and Caroline uh, uh, picking my brain a little bit. All right, guys. Cheers. See you on the next one. Bye. Peace. Listening to the Living That Life Digital Nomad Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes if you're a boss, and check out the YouTube channel for dope travel videos. Hey.